We're going to see it at nine o'clock. And done. Sweep uh, the leg. What is going on, Rearview Movies fans? We're so excited to have you on this journey with us as we wrap up the long and fun ride that has been 2023, looking at our old film with new eyes. I've got Trevor and Heather with me. We're, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, about what's happened and what we've enjoyed and then, you know, what's to come on the next phase of the ride. So Trevor, let's talk a little bit, just take a second in a retrospective of the year in movies. What have been some of the movies from 2023 that you think uh, will stand the test of time? 23? Hmm. Well... Everyone's been talking about Barbenheimer, so <laughs> you got to think which one's going to finally, or which one's going to, of those three, we're going to be talking about 10 years from now. I certainly liked Oppenheimer better than Barbie. I actually have seen Barbie now. <laughs> um, I found it very strange, but uh, if Ryan Gosling wins an Academy Award for that movie, it also wouldn't surprise me. So, wow. Um, yeah, but yeah, I'm not the target audience on that one, but um I think that one is going to be one that everybody talks about for the next several years uh, and 10 years. And, you know, 20 years from now, we'll sit down and review that one again and see how it's held up. And I bet people will still be talking about it. We'll see if Mm -hmm. they're still talking about Oppenheimer or not. Nolan fanboys will, but will the general populace? I don't know. Yeah. Um, Still kind of too early to see where the awards are taking us. You got to think it's probably going to come down to probably Oppenheimer and Barbie. Or um, maybe Killers of the Flower Moon will be in there too. Mm-hmm. Um, and one I mentioned on our on our previous episode was uh, the holdovers from where I sit right now. The ones that I've seen for twenty three, I don't know if I've seen a better one yet. You know, there might be some changes that come about that. You know, I'll share my top ten list to our our three listeners whenever uh, whenever we get there. But uh, that'll take a little longer than other movie critics because they get to see these things well in advance, and I have to wait till they come to my TV before I can yeah. see them all. So and or or buy a ticket and go see in theaters. Yeah, <laughs> true. So holdovers was great. I highly recommend that if you have or if it actually it's already available to rent um, that one hit there pretty quick. Mm-hmm. So where we're recording right now, it's still probably like a $20 rental, but it'll that'll come down to something a little bit better here probably fairly soon. But uh, highly recommend you check that out. Paul Giamatti, directed by Alexander Payne, who did Sideways and Election. Great director. And this is just another great movie for his collection. So, uh, so Heather, is there a film from uh, from this year that you think really stood out? I really enjoyed the movie Past Lives. That was a Korean film, and uh-huh. uh, I thought it was really well done. It was just well written, and um, it had an interesting plot. And you know, I think it's something that a lot of people probably could relate to um, mm-hmm. on some level. So, mm-hmm. I I love that one too. That was, and that has been number one for me up until. I just saw the holdovers. So that one kind of knocked it down a little bit for now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was an incredibly good movie as well. Oh, you said Korea's doing it well? Uh, all the best movies are coming from there. It's true. Check them out. If you're not <laughs> if you're not watching Korean cinema, you're not watching cinema. Past Lives was excellent. A really, really solid love triangle. Um, I would speak up for the movie Air. Uh, the film Ooh. about uh, about the Air Jordan trail. That was uh, excellent. Too. I loved that movie. That was so good. Uh, the the Michael Jordan stand worshiping continues, but uh... <laughs> you'll see. Um, Past lives will probably be nominated for best picture. I think Air is right on the outside. We'll see what that kind of goes mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. we get closer, or whatever. But that's probably going to make my top ten. Now that we're getting down to the end of it, and the list of things to see is getting shorter and shorter, and, and Air right. is kind of mm-hmm. hanging up there for me. So mm-hmm. that will probably be in my 
in my top 10. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So going from films that were good, let's recap the year kind of in, in uh, review movies and some of the films that we looked at, uh, some of the journey that we've been able to take. I did want to ask kind of an interesting, funny question. Of the films we have covered in this run in 2023, if you could get the Infinity Gauntlet and snap one of them out of existence, <laughs> uh, which one would oh, it be? Boy. And oh, you can't pick the same one. So if, <laughs> if, everyone, if one person picks that one, you've got to pick a different one. Gee, you I know, wonder which one we're all <laughs> Uh, Heather, go ahead. <laughs> Let's get rid of the room. Yeah, <laughs> gone. Well, let's see. We got uh, we we started in the middle of the year, so we have something's got to give. We have Rudy. Yep. We have mm-hmm. the right stuff. We have Jurassic Park. We have the room, which we also paired with Disaster Artist. We have How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days, and we have Trading Places. And Heather got rid of the obvious. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Yeah. Fantasy draft. She took the first pick, and now yeah. we go. <laughs> The fantasy draft of awful. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Of those, if I had to snap my finger and get rid of one, the one I would miss the least out of those uh, would probably be something's got to give. Sorry. But, mm-hmm. you know, most of these are pretty good. So it's, you know, you're kind of cutting corners. I'm not getting rid of Jurassic Park. I'm not getting rid oh, of yeah, the no. right stuff. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. So yeah. Those are, those are your best. Kind of kind of comes down to just, you know, what what's the what's the least good? <laughs> You know, what's the least good of the good? <laughs> no, hey, it's it's one of those, hey, one of these is not like, you know, one of these doesn't belong. Um, so if I get to snap one of those and the room is already gone and something's got to give is already gone, I can really make Heather upset and just yeah. completely ruin the rest of my night and just prepare to sleep on the couch. But I'm not going to do that. I'm going to say Rudy has to go. Okay. I like Rudy. Rudy was a good movie, but much like the central character of that movie, the ceiling was only about here. Yeah. And you, you said in that, in that episode, you've kind of lived <laughs> the Rudy you know, you didn't need a movie to to, to show you. Yeah, I had some emotional Rudy anyway. Yeah, with my own unfulfilled fantasies of sports greatness. Sorry, buddy. But, uh, yeah, no, it is what it is. <laughs> so, okay, so that's that's the films we did. So, opening it up a little bigger into maybe films we didn't get to. So let's look at what we think would have been the best film from each of these respective years. Uh, Trevor, which one do you want to start with? Let's start old. Because we didn't get to 1973. We didn't have any movies from 1973 on there. We did not. And you and I probably agree on the one we should have got to and didn't. Yeah, because we were joking about it the whole time. But, you know, if if I'm being honest. So let's let's do this. What what won best picture in these years? Because we had all the best pictures listed there Mm -hmm. um, and we didn't get to we didn't get to any nominee, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, The one that won best picture in 1973 was The Sting, Mm -hmm. which is. Paul Newman and Robert Redford. It's an excellent movie. It really is. Should it have one best picture? Not with The Exorcist sitting right there. It should not have. That is one of the best movies ever, in my opinion. Not just in horror, just in, in general. So it's, it's a shame we didn't get to that one. I know we joked about it the whole time. And uh, Heather actually didn't get, to, didn't get to miss any nights of sleep from that hey. one but, um, yeah. <laughs> my children do that enough for me yeah please. there you go um <laughs> but no i would agree the exorcist is easily the movie from 73 that i think i we should have gotten to horror is an interesting genre because of its ability sometimes to subvert what we think is popular in movies or to change or, or capture our narrative of the time frame and so I, I think horror is really subversive in that way and the exorcist if i am to understand the context around it was a subversive film in its own right mm-hmm. we need a whole episode to talk about it and we're not going to get to it which is unfortunate but um (laughs) god it's so good i just watched it um maybe a year ago again it had been the first time i'd seen it in a while and it's still it still holds up it's still just as creepy as ever and you know it's 
It's powerful. Mm-hmm. Well, let's jump ahead. Uh, 1983. How about our 1983 films? Uh, Heather, how about you? Let's see. Ones we did not get to. Yeah. Mr. Mom with Michael Keaton. I think that would have been fun. Oh, yeah. That would have been on there. Mm-hmm. Interesting yeah. kind of uh, kind of comedy. Michael Keaton being funny. Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed that movie. It made me laugh. Which he did so well. They were like, wait, he's not going to be Batman. <laughs> I think wasn't was Risky Business on there. We didn't get to that one. That would have been we a good one. I get the Risky mm-hmm. Business. Yeah. That would have been fun. Yeah. Best picture this year was Terms of Indian. That would have been a good one to talk to or talk mm-hmm. about. I don't have you seen it, Heather? I don't think I have. See that that one I would have been interested in hearing your take on just because it's that that seems like kind of a you movie. Oh, and uh, I don't know. It would have uh, you you would have needed a whole box of Kleenex on that one. I think. Um, oh it's, no, it's, it's that kind of movie. Um, excellent, <laughs> excellent. That was the best picture winner. I don't know if that would be mine. I honestly, it'd probably be the right stuff for me. And then we talked about that one. So yeah, um, don't have to say much on that one. But that was probably the best movie. Of 83. I'm upset we did not get to Return of the Jedi. Oh, yeah. How, how could we not mention that one? Return of the Jedi would have been great to talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, w- watch that one as a kid. The, especially the scene I always remembered from that was uh, was Darth Vader. Luke is hiding and doesn't want to fight him. Yeah. Vader's trying to goad him out into coming out and fighting him. And then he finally like says the right triggering words. And here comes Luke, just mad as fire. Mm-hmm. Boom, orchestral score. Ooh, such a good moment. I, that's, yeah, that's a good moment too. I, the first time I ever saw the trilogy, like back to back, I was... I had some surgery when I was like eight and I had the entire pediatric ward to myself. So the, the VCR just lived in my room and the, the whole movie library was up for the taking and I could just watch whatever I wanted to. And my dad was like, let's watch the star Wars. We got those and watched all three of them up there. So, and when you're eight, your favorite is return of the Jedi. Yes. Uh, because it's got the Muppets in it. <laughs> but when you get <laughs> the older, the Ewoks, then you, yeah. when you get Jim Henson Ewoks. Yeah. And when you get older, then you realize, Empire is actually the better of the three. Yes. But yeah, every kid likes likes Jedi. And that would have been fun to talk about. That's a good one. Well, I would also argue that the lightsaber duels in Return of the Jedi are the most realistic to how they would be because that last lightsaber duel is literally just Luke overwhelming Vader and almost chopping it, like chopping it's into a, pieces with the saber. It's a great moment. Like you said, the orchestral score is playing and the movie just kind of, mm-hmm. the camera just kind of tracks along the whole room and you see the whole room is just in disarray from their fighting already. Mm-hmm. And Luke is just like, that's the moment. Like he can keep going and slide into the same path his dad took. Yep. Or he can pull back and and not do that and subvert the the expectations of of Vader and the Emperor in there too. Mm-hmm. And that's you know spoiler alert, but forty years old, so <laughs> forty year old movie, yeah. Uh, you know he uh, he doesn't do that. So, mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah, what a great moment! I'm I'm so glad you pulled that up because I was I was sitting here thinking like I'm the only one that likes that moment that track <laughs> goes across the room. Like no, that. that was great. That's yeah. so great. Yeah, no, I just it's it's yeah. That's I remember as a kid rewinding that tape. I think I broke the tape rewinding it and watching it so many times because those dude that's just an amazing moment he just gets so mad no and pulls it out oh so good so uh jumping on to 1993 i will kind of open us for 93 93 was a heck of a year for robin williams and so mrs doubtfire and aladdin came out of the same year and so i would have enjoyed talking about mrs doubtfire from 93 that would have been really fun i would have liked that too yeah that would have been good i haven't seen that in so long and i almost wonder like what my feelings on it would be now i I I thought of it as a prime candidate for 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 our show because I'm like, dude, this is it's a movie we all thought was was moderately funny as kids. Like, what would we think about it now? Yeah. 
uh, especially with the dynamics of parenting and step parenting and divorce and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, be a lot different now. Yeah. Plus, Robin Williams was just just a force of nature. I mean, yeah, he's funny. And then Aladdin, like you said, was that ninety three still? Or yeah. That- okay. When I was looking up films from ninety three, I saw Aladdin. I think debuting in the same year. And and let's be honest, without Robin Williams as genie, that movie's completely forgettable. Yeah. No. It 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 is for sure. It, it's ninety two. But oh, that's sorry, okay. my fault. Well, I, I ran into the same issue because I think in I I program computer with mrs doubtfire and that shows up on the top 10 grossing movies of 94 because mm-hmm. it opened so late in 93 that it bled over into 94 uh, mm-hmm. and was still very highly regarded there I, i've forgotten it came out in 93 so mm-hmm. i'll have to reprogram computron for for next year <laughs> uh well what film from 93 are you were, were you hanging on well we got to jurassic park mm-hmm. we did not get to schindler's list and that would have been mm-hmm. one to talk about the exorcist is one of the greatest movies of all time and i'll say the same thing about schindler's list but schindler's list is really 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 close to the top of that list mm-hmm. and that would have been really good to to watch and to get y'all's reaction on that one too because mm-hmm. I don't know if I uh, have either of you seen it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I have. Yeah. Uh, but you probably it's over three hours long, so it's not one you watch all the time. And it's not exactly <laughs> a, it's not exactly a, a, you know, a fun popcorn movie. either. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. Not not a date movie for sure. Yeah. No. I mean, I've, I I don't know the last time I've seen it, but it would have been it would have been good to revisit it and get a chance to discuss that one. That was your best picture winner that year. And that was the one that deserved it for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't get to some of the other ones that were up that year. The Fugitive was also a best picture nominee. That one was really good. I haven't seen that one in a long time. There was a um, one that Daniel Day-Lewis was in that year called In the Name of the Father was on our list. But uh, as a Best Picture nominee, we didn't get to it. And that's actually one that has slipped through the cracks for me. I've never seen that one. So that would have been fun to to get a chance to see that for the first time and hmm. talk about it here. The Piano is another really good one. 93 was a really good year. Like, yeah, you know, the, the Piano is great. I watched that actually the last time was probably just a few years ago. It had been the first time I'd seen that in, in a long time. And that's outstanding. Holly Hunter won an uh, Oscar for that, as did Anna Paquin when she was like 10. So hmm. real good. It's a shame we didn't get to those, but we did get Jurassic Park. So if we had got the one, that was the <laughs> yeah, one. Trevor was covered. Heather, what was your, what was another move from 93 you you would have liked to talk about sleepless in seattle yeah <laughs> you know we really didn't get to talk about enough chick flicks this year oh you. no we did mention we did mention that though when we, we talked did. about so mm-hmm. we are keenly aware that that's a good one mm-hmm. definitely definitely a good one <laughs> uh so okay so 10 years forward from that 2003 good year good year for movies Heather, movie for for you that uh, you would have liked to see? Uh, 2003, Finding Nemo came out. Yeah, Finding Nemo. <laughs> yeah, that's a really a good one. one. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of funny because Pixar at one point looked like they were a complete can't-miss machine. Everything they put out was amazing. Mm-hmm. And now. And then, and then Disney fully bought them. <laughs> and done. Yeah. Yeah. What's what's that epic rap battles line? I, I produce machine machine uh I produce uh assembly line whimsy. <laughs> That's why there's so many sequels to movies coming out from Pixar that we never thought. You know, we're getting Toy Story five. Yes, that's coming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I told my senior seminar kids the other day, I said, I don't, just in case you know, they're going to be making Star Wars movies until your kids have kids. Mm-hmm. Oh, good and, Lord. And none of it will be interesting. I, I just, I honestly just feel like none of it will be interesting. But I also know there's a whole universe of Star Wars. Because, I mean, we say that, but as we're speaking, Taika Waititi is taking a Star Wars movie. And honestly, might be good. If he wants to do it, he can do it. He can do whatever he wants. I'm mm-hmm. okay with that. Well, what about you for 03? So 03 was a tough one for me. Bruce Almighty came out that year. Bruce Almighty was funny, I thought. Um 
you know, those two Matrix sequels, which I think if you had honestly edited them into one movie would have been pretty good. Mm-hmm. I think in movies, it was really tough. That's one of those where they filmed so much that they just made two kind of okay movies instead of one really good sequel. But uh, I would have to say The Last Samurai is a movie I would have loved to talk about. That was the Tom Cruise movie about uh, kind of a historical epic about a guy who goes to train a bunch of uh, Japanese Japanese soldiers to modernize their army and he winds up kidnapped by the samurai and winds up joining them and uh, kind of ingraining in their culture. I thought it was a really underappreciated performance by yeah. Cruz in that movie. Dances with Wolves for Samurai. Basically, yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good one. I saw that. I saw that in the theater. I, <laughs> this is, here's an example of where my priorities were in 2003. I was studying with a group of people for, because it was right around finals, December yep. was when it came yep. out. And uh, I was studying with a group of people and um, I bailed early to go see that movie. <laughs> a bunch of people were going, we're going to see it at nine o'clock. I'm studying. I'll be right there. <laughs> yeah, that was. Uh, I think at ECU had that one for free. I think that's where I saw it too. No, no, I went and saw that one in the in the. Oh, I you went to the theater to see yeah, that? Yeah. Okay. I went to the theater. Theater. Two thousand three was. Uh, I spent a lot of time watching movies in two thousand three, rather than doing schoolwork. Um, and uh, there was a lot of good stuff that came out that year, and it really kind of turned my turned my whole outlook on movies around because I was kind of I was kind of I don't want to say burnt out, but I kind of just gotten done with them. You mm-hmm. know, I still loved them and i'd watch them but i was like we've seen everything like no one can do anything different than what's already been done everything is just the same thing now and i think the the first pirates movie came out in 03 mm-hmm. and i liked that okay but it was just kind of like eh, you know it was good it was better than i was expecting but yeah that was you know just an example of things that just kind of didn't really didn't really do much for me mm-hmm. but um lost in translation was was the movie for me and that one was number one on the on my decade list for that decade best picture of 03 but best picture for the whole 2000 mm-hmm. to 2009 yeah we, we went to see that together i think so i if i remember right i saw it in like the fall when it was first being released i saw it with my dad i think and then um it came to ECU. It was one of those weekend movies that they always had. And I drug a whole bunch of people to it. Mm-hmm. And you were probably there. Everybody left the movie and they were like, Trevor, that was the worst f-ing movie ever. <laughs> like, no one liked it. And I'm like, mm, I get it. You know? No, I, I, I liked it. I thought it yeah. was, again, it's 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 one of those where I think you have to kind of get Bill Murray to get it because of just the way Bill presents himself sometimes. Well, Bill should have won the Oscar for that movie. And he didn't. He lost to Sean Penn. We'll get to that in a second. But yeah, that one was that one kind of renewed my whole like outlook of stuff. And I'd stopped, I'd stopped writing, you know, at that point. And after I saw that movie, I was like, just a whole torn and stuff just started pouring out at that point. Mm -hmm. So I thought it was a very unique way of showing what you can do when you don't really have a plot to talk about. I mean, the movie just follows these two people that meet in Tokyo and both of them are at different points in their lives. And both of them are completely and totally clueless as to what they're, what's going on, you know, nowadays or whatever. And shoot, even back then, they'd probably be like, oh, we're going to have this romantic relationship now. But that is not what the movie's about. And that they totally leave that out of it. There is no romantic attraction. It's not a romance. Movie right. At all. Right. And not even not even really teased. Like just it's like, no, you these know. are just two people in the same place at the same time doing this experience mm-hmm. together. And who doesn't have a kind of story like that you know have you ever gone to summer camp and met somebody and you guys kind of bond over your summer camp and Mm -hmm. then you leave and you never hear from that person ever again Mm -hmm. yeah you know and that's you have that one like 
week, you know, where you've sort of, you got this thing, you know, this close friendship, not romantic. I mean, it could be another dude or something, you know, and like, mm -hmm. it's, but that's it. And it's, it's gone after that. It, and you're a different person for it. And maybe they are too. And maybe they still remember it as well. Or who knows? But you got to assume that when they go back home, that Bill Murray and Scarlett Johansson aren't going to talk to each other ever again. And no. all they got is this like five days that they were together. Right. They have this one experience, but it still is, it's still a, a positive experience. No, I, I thought the movie was good. I, I agreed. I, I enjoyed it. But yeah, no, I do remember at the time, a bunch of our friends did not enjoy it. No, I, I, that's one of Trevor's, uh, that was one of Trevor's movie passes where he's like, no, I'm the movie guy. You're going to like it. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. Common, common uh, theme was, uh, we go to a movie and people would walk out going, what, what the hell is that? So <laughs> I think I was actually, I think it was before I met you guys. Actually, it was my freshman year. So y'all wouldn't even been there yet. I drug everyone to see Mulholland Drive and uh, everyone left. Everyone left. They left. Me. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, my, my, um, I didn't have a roommate at the time, but the, the guy that lived next door in the dorm, he hung around just so I didn't have to walk back to the dorm at one in the morning when the movie was finished. Oh, um, wow. But I was, I was the only one that liked it. <laughs> everyone else was like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. What the hell is going on? I'm trying to remember if I've seen that movie. That's one that we mm -hmm. had on the, when we started doing this a couple of years ago, it would have been on the list in 2021 because it was an mm -hmm. 01 movie. Mm -hmm. Oh boy, that one is something else. It's a, yeah. oh, it's a big one. It's mm -hmm. a big one. Scotty's pointing at his head and it's a mind effort. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, uh, another good one from 03 was Mystic River, which was mm -hmm. Eastwood. Um, that was kind of his big pivot. He'd obviously been a prolific director. He'd already been doing a lot of stuff already that was all very good. But mm -hmm. I think that's kind of when he rounded the, the corner a little bit. And everything that he did since then has been on par or better than than that one. And that's where Sean Penn wins his Oscar. Mm -hmm. that. And deservedly, but I would have voted for Bill Murray. Um and then uh, actually, I'll tell you, there was one I watched. I just watched it this weekend, actually, was from 03, was the Master and Commander mm -hmm. uh, with Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe, yeah, the the, um, the Antarctic uh, voyage, right? Not, no, I'm wrong about that. It's a different yeah, one. It's, uh, this was um, the uh, Napoleonic Wars on the British British Man of War, probably. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was that's really good. That's held up because they did a lot of practical effects on that one. So really good. And then your, your best picture winner that year was the third Lord of the Rings movie, which swept the awards. It went. 11 for 11 not many have ever done that well a couple have done that but not ever that that number before mm -hmm. um certainly uh deserving of it i guess uh, that was always going to be the one to win just because they were they weren't honoring just that movie they were honoring the two that came before it as well yeah to kind of wrap it up in this whole big package that would have been a fun one to talk about mostly because we couldn't have talked about that one unless you'd seen the other two and i know you guys have not seen those so that would have been fun nah. for you guys to finally watch those after 21 and 22 years <laughs> um Oh, sure, sure. There's, yeah. just, there's times in my life where I decide that there's one big franchise that everybody likes that I'm just not going to buy into for whatever reason. Uh, it was Friends at one point, and, and, it's, uh, and then it was Lord of the Rings. <laughs> well, that one has held up. I watched it uh, probably during the when we were all at home for the pandemic, and it was the visual effects still hold up because most of them are like practical. Well, I guess let's move forward on that and uh, hit the next year, what's coming out 2024, the next year where we're getting into a whole new palette of movies mm -hmm. that have come across from the last 20, 30, 40, and 50 years. Trevor, what film are you most looking forward to possibly talking about 
yeah. uh, in, in the, the canvas of films that is 1974. Well, there's a lot in 74 that's really good. That's a really, really solid year. And uh, I'll keep it short. But the one that I hope we talk about, and God, I hope we do, is Chinatown with uh, Jack Nicholson and Faye Dunaway. Good mm-hmm. grief. That is an amazing, amazing movie. Huh. I have never seen that. <laughs> oh, that'll be a good one. I hope we get to it. That's right. <laughs> Heather, how about you? Probably The Longest Yard with Burt Reynolds, the original. I think that'll be fun. I do enjoy that movie very much. Um, that's one of those that my dad had me watch, and he said that it would be really good. And I was like, this does not look. It's a dude in jail. What's... And then it got really interesting pretty quickly. <laughs> my 74 film is going to be Blazing Saddles. Absolute like comedic gold, Mel Brooks, uh, Gene Wilder, Jack not yeah. say enough good things would love to first and, fl- and frankly i would love to make either watch the scene with the cowboys around the fireplace uh, yeah <laughs> more being mr taggart <laughs> yep and uh yeah yeah and so jumping over to 84 i'm gonna kick this off because i just have to say this i will be criminally upset if we do not get to ghostbusters yeah yeah between that and a couple of other films around this time period one of those just like seminal childhood movies for me so have to get to it absolutely i would say ghostbusters is a must what do you say heather i'm down with Ghostbusters, um, but I would also say Footloose. That movie was fun. Yeah, Yeah, I like that one. That'd be a good one to talk about. Mm -hmm. And The Karate Kid also released that year. Yep. Yeah, God, these are good years. The one I'll say from 84 that I really hope we talk about is Amadeus. Oh, yes. The Mozart movie. God, that's so good. And I, it's it probably hasn't been that long since I've seen it, but boy, I'll strap in for three hours of that one any day of the week. It is so good. <laughs> you know what's funny? The first time I saw that film, this is hilarious. Rosewood Elementary School, our music teacher had us watch it. Really? We were in like third grade. <laughs> It she was either like didn't watch the movie before she showed it to you. Oh no, yeah, like second there in VHS, and there were like three of them, right? Because there's a oh, huge yeah. freaking movie. Yeah. And uh, it, shout out Miss Talton, she showed us this film, and I just remember thinking to myself, "This is the most boring piece of thing I've ever seen in my life." Because I was a kid, yeah. I was I was a very very little kid. I was like, "Dude, if it isn't animated or Care Bears, what are we doing here?" Yeah. And um, so I actually that's one of those where I would really love to appreciate it uh, at the age I'm supposed to fully appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no well, eight year old is going to appreciate that. No. Well, fun story. You know that movie's based on a play, and one of the I don't know if he originated it or or just did it, but one of the guys that ended up playing Mozart on stage was Mark Hamill, mm-hmm. and he was <laughs> yeah he was supposed to play the role in the movie, but as they were about to you know start getting ready for like pre production, the director Milos Forman came to him. He's like, "You're Luke Skywalker now. Like I can't oh, put man. you in this. You did so good in the last movie that that, that it's like you work. are you are synonymous with that now. Nobody's going to be able to look at you and not see Luke Skywalker." Walker, even if you give the performance of a lifetime. Wow. So they had to go with, they, they went with someone else. They went with Tom Hulse. So I would love to see some footage of Mark Hamill playing that role. So I can see if, if Tom Hulse is doing a Mark Hamill impression. I um, mean, was he, was he wrong? I, <laughs> it's be interesting. Wrong, was he? I mean, you know, what else could you see Mark Hamill doing? Nothing. And he didn't for the longest time, you know, I mean, yeah. He voiced he, the Joker and did a bunch of stuff as Luke Skywalker. Yep. <laughs> okay. So uh, 1994 and Trevor, you, and I in some of our kind of coffee table discussions about movies usually tend to glow about 94. 94 is a really, really good year for <laughs> movies just in general. I mean, you saw the list that's in Computron there. It's full of just like, oh man, because you look at it, what was 94? We have 
our best picture that winner that year was Forrest Gump. Yes, deserved. Classic. Mm-hmm. What was it up against? Pulp Fiction and The Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> Come on, like any yeah. one of those, you know. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Our our number one box office movie that year was The Lion King. I mean, that was was and still is probably one of Disney's best hand drawn films. Let's see. That was the year of Jim Carrey. You know, mm-hmm. everyone remembers Ace Ventura and The Mask and Dumb and Dumber, mm-hmm. but do they all know those all came out in 1994? Wow. Yeah. All of them in that year. Yeah. And and there's some hilarious stories about Jim negotiating his salary for various movies as that was happening. Yeah. Like he was negotiating his, I think I heard he was negotiating his salary for, um, for Dumb and Dumber while Ace Ventura was getting ready to hit theaters. Mm-hmm. And at one point they were like, Hey man, I'm sorry, you're worth this much money. And he was like, no, I'm worth more than that. The film comes out, Ace Ventura comes out, huge hit. They're like, okay, no, you're worth a little bit more. And like, no, I'm worth even more now. <laughs> <laughs> like Jim, Jim apparently really knew his worth uh, is the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God, I mean, there, there's so many different things that, that were in that year that were just mm-hmm. so good. That was my last year living in Illinois. And um, I was really, really into going to movies and everything. And yeah. like I looking at that list, it's like, God, anything that was on here that was like PG-13 or less, I saw in the theater. Yeah. Probably. I mean, and then there's movies that came out even, you know, that I didn't discover until later. Clerks was in 94. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's see what else is there. Stargate listed there i mean that spawned mm-hmm. a tv series the crow that is a cult classic now um yes. heather mentioned the santa claus last episode mm-hmm. that's on there we mentioned true lies last episode that's on there mm-hmm. i mean geez louise the, the year was loaded interview with the yes. vampire uh, legends of the fall the professional good grief it's not <laughs> on there this is a great year yeah, so is this in 95? 95 was also really good. But I mean, Ed Wood, I'm skipping over so many. I mean, they're just all in there. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, one that's on our list because it falls in the top 10 is the Flintstones. Yeah. Um, that was one of the top 10 grossing movies of 1994 for some reason. So we can make um, a meme out of the way Trevor's nostrils just flared. Yeah. Flintstones. Flintstones. <laughs> So those are the movies. So what what are we what are we thinking on there? Uh, Heather, what about you? I want to do blue chips. Blue chips. Yeah, basketball movie. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, it was. And and really funny because speaking of specific scenes again, that's the one where the evil booster because the 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 plot is that Nick Nolte gives in to the evil booster wanting to provide benefits to get these really good players, and <laughs> the evil booster gives this evil guy speech at the end of the movie where he essentially sums up the argument for paying players. <laughs> yeah, and and you know in the, in the 90s it was like look into this bad guy trying to give these kids money for being good at basketball <laughs> 30 years later we're finally doing it <laughs> right yeah like it's like i think i watched that at one point later and i was like i'm sorry we have reached the time frame where that man is right everything he just said is right there's nothing evil about that mm-hmm. uh, another one i'll mention that we didn't really talk about was speed in 1984 yeah, that's a good one excellent uh one of those films you know we've talked about it before films that do so well that they parts of them become emulated for years to come and speed was one of those movies yeah i got I got a story about speed and I'll I'll save it if we ever get a chance to talk about it. But uh, long story short, we watched it in my high school class Mm -hmm. um, in like a intro to physics or whatever. And the guy didn't didn't send home like permission slips. (laughs) (laughs) There's a bunch of 15 year olds watching speed. That's like an (laughs) R rated movie. (laughs) Oh, man. Back in the good old days. That's awesome. So one I'll say that I hope we get to and it's maybe for my own vanity, I guess, is uh, one of the best picture nominees that year, which I didn't mention, was a Robert Redford movie, Quiz Show. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that movie since I saw it in the theaters. Oh, wow. Um, so I would love to 
watch that again because when i saw it i was like 12 you know yeah and and i remember liking it but i'm sure there's a different thing to it now that i'm you know old as hell so right there's some facet that you know yeah (laughs) Yeah, really really great movie so i hope we get to that just so i can watch it again and have a reason to talk about it after we're done (laughs) okay so 10 more years from there 20 years the youngest films on this list uh 2004 heather which one would you start with oh that's a tough one for me um Probably the butterfly effect. That was 04, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Aston Kutcher, um, Amy, Amy Smart, I think. Yeah. Uh, interesting movie, interesting premise. Total mind trip. Yeah. That, that Unfortunately, the concept got done to death on like two or three direct-to-video sequels, I think, that, that just weren't as good as that first movie. Mm-hmm. Trevor, what about you in 04? There's 04, a lot on here. 04 is a tough one. That's another tough one. Yeah. There's a lot of films. I'll go ahead and mention the one that you and me and I think you and me and one of our other friends saw it together and we were like, dude, not only is this a great superhero movie, it's a great superhero sequel like it's i would yeah. say spider-man 2 that year was that's, very very good i will still argue that's like the pinnacle of the superhero movies you know i'll take that over the dark knight mm-hmm. i think that's that's about as good as superhero movies have ever been and likely ever will be that'd be a good one to see we did see that together i remember mm-hmm. um such great heights then to have toby mcguire dancing in all black in the third one yeah i remember <laughs> really looking forward to number three because number two was so good and yeah and then what a bad joke the third one became yeah yeah terrible there's some really that happens yeah <laughs> there's some really good ones on here collateral was real good tom cruise and jamie fox mm-hmm. um jamie fox speaking of who uh ray was also that year he won an oscar for best that's right for that one kill bill 2 was on here if we land on that one i think we'll have to do the first one too just to kind of put it together as one whole movie even though that one was oh three yeah the aviator real good sideways yep. real sideways. good gosh um, eternal sunshine eternal, that year yeah. eternal mm-hmm. sunshine and spotless mind man Garden State. Million um, Dollar Baby. Million Dollar Baby. That was the mm-hmm. best picture winner. The Passion of the Christ. Real good. As we're about to get mm-hmm. our sequels underway on that one. Yes, sequels, I think. Whoa, I didn't know that. Yeah. So apparently there were there were like two scripts going around. I know what Scotty's thinking. He's thinking the family guy thing. He's laughing right now. Oh, thank God for the mute yeah. button. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Family Guy kind of had a joke about that a long time ago. But oh, no, they're really sequel passion of the, like what what do you, like what's next what's the next story like well they, they're gonna do the resurrection uh, so and that's where i think there were two scripts and they were trying to figure out which which one they were gonna do which one of these two scripts we're gonna do or if we're gonna combine them together and try to put them together into one movie mm-hmm. and i don't know if they ever figured it out and i haven't heard otherwise but i think they might just be doing both of them and they're just gonna release two movies mm-hmm. well and um, yes and yes the family guy joke on that was pretty darn funny yeah it was so the one movie is a from what i understand is fairly straightforward it's about the resurrection it'll take place right at the end after the end of the first one where he Mm -hmm. walks out of the tomb and it'll just be very straightforward the same kind of big epic in the foreign language and everything and and all that jim caviezel already signed on monica bellucci has already signed on too so a couple other people from the original one are already coming back for that but the other movie is about the three days in between the crucifixion and the resurrection Hmm. where Jesus goes to hell. Interesting. (laughs) Um, And apparently it is a... Uh, very like surrealist kind of like David Lynch sort of thing, you know, mm. like S- real- same director for both films or Mel Gibson. Yeah. Mel for both again. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But it's supposed to just be this really messed up, surreal, trippy kind of weird, very violent descent into hell in the three days that oh, was wow. 
happens there before he rises from the dead. So be interesting to see if they how they pull that off Mm. Um, or if they do. I don't know. It might just be the straight resurrection one. But there were these two scripts floating around for a while and and they were trying to put them both together somehow. But I I think they're just going to do them both. Like it could be completely wrong on that one. But that uh, surrealist descent into hell is my kind of movie right there. (laughs) Let's do that. (laughs) You know, I saw Passion of the Christ on the list and it's weird. I almost kind of put it into another category almost for the reason that do I think it's a good film on its own? Sure. It's very graphic. It tells the story in a way that I don't think any other story has done. Any other movie about that has done. That being said, how much of that money got made by churches just busting kids in to see it? Yeah. Like it's a niche film because you can count every church in America, the pastor up front telling their folks to go see it. Yeah. And I, a lot of folks did that. So, I mean, I saw it not in a church group. I went and watched it at the theater in Greenville. So, mm-hmm. um, and it was, it's really good, you know? Yeah. No, it's, it is a good movie. I don't know. It's just I I always thought that was a it was an interesting one too. Plus there was so much controversy around Mel's around the portrayal yeah. of the film. Of course, I mean if if we're if we're being serious, if it was anybody but Mel, and honestly, I think somebody said this. I don't remember who it was. Maybe it was me. If it wasn't like Jesus, if there wasn't that religious element to it, then what's stopping that from being the best movie that came out in two thousand four? Yeah. And what point. other movie do we talk about from two thousand four? You know that that we still talk about that one. You know mm-hmm. what yeah. else is on this list that still kind of holds that same reverence, other mm-hmm. than the notebook um, <laughs> oh you had to say it i yeah, really yeah. thought we were going to get out without yeah. oh man uh, or harry potter that's another one i mean that's... The, the listeners are going to think we have a quota about heather like signing a contract for so many chick flicks in order to stay on the show <laughs> yeah well i mean if we're going to give her interview with a vampire i guess we have to do you know <laughs> she did not get the exorcist someone. you got to remember this we that's still have true. a card to cash in that's true yeah we do have that well speaking of extras uh, trevor do you want to talk us through kind of uh the the piece we're adding to the experience yeah. uh, in 2024. So in 2024, we're going to do some bonus episodes. We're not going to do it every month um, just because we kind of maybe not have the time. Like I said, this isn't our job. Mm-hmm. We all have day jobs. We all have families and kids and stuff. Yeah, and it's it's part of us doing life together. Sure. Yeah. So, but when we can, I had told Scotty and Heather that uh, I'd been um, going back and kind of filling in some of the blanks of some of these best picture winners I've never seen before. So I was watching a couple of them from like days of yore, like really old movies. <laughs> I'm like, I got no one to talk about this with. I'm watching these movies and that's it, you know? And so I was like, wait a minute. What if we just watched all of them? And then we talked about them here. There's been 95. We're going to add a, we're going to add a 96th one here in a few months. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll never get through them all unless we do 95 months, which how, how many years is that? A long time. Um, uh, eight so, years. Eight, is it eight years? Okay. Yep. And that's only if we do one every single month, which I don't know True. what we're going to do, at least maybe not to start with. But um, so what we're going to do is I've got them all listed out. And every time we do one, Scotty and Heather are just going to call out a random number between one and 95. And whatever they pick, that's what we're doing. And we're going to watch that best picture. And that's going to be a wide range of stuff from 1927 all the way up to 2022 or 23 after, you know, the next couple months. Mm. Which can create a fun series of snapshots, right? It, it could, especially depending on how low or high you want to go, you know, because the, the lower you go, the less likelihood that we've seen it. I mean, there's movies back in the 30s and 40s and 50s I haven't seen, you know, once we get for me, once we get into the 60s, I've there's only a few in there that I've got missing. But before that, there's a whole wealth of stuff down there that I haven't seen. that's probably pretty good. So we're going to do that. So when we pick our Computron movie, we're also going to have a random number that gets called out and we'll have two movies on deck for January. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's what's coming up. We're excited to keep it going for you. And uh, so I guess that leaves us with a bit of business. We got to talk about what's going to kick us off in January of 24. Yeah, I guess we'll have to uh, 
fire the machine up and, and see what it's going to pick for us. So uh, let's get our let's get our whammies going and uh, <laughs> try to do this here. So, all right, copy, uh, trying to behave. Let's get a good <laughs> movie here. No whammies and stop. Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Yes. And you're in the right year, but it's not Ghostbusters. <gasps> it is 84, though. You'll be good, though. It's the Karate Kid. Oh, oh yes. yeah. So we'll <laughs> start off start off 2024 with a really good one. Sweep uh, the leg. The Karate Kid. And uh we'll have a lot to talk about that one, I'm sure. So look for that one in January. <laughs> that one now, that one should be good. And now for our first best picture uh edition for 2024 so uh like i said random number i mean i know them all y'all don't so you can pick whatever number you want <laughs> and um we'll, we'll see where that lands so heather why don't you just go with a random one all right uh i'm gonna go with 23 we talked I about michael jordan i should have known you were gonna choose that one with like, <laughs> i wrote you but you still ain't calling i'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> 23 okay so that one brings us to 1950 uh so what the the numbers here 23 that'd be the 23rd annual academy awards whatever that was and that was mm-hmm. the 23rd annual academy awards were held in 1951 for the movies from 1950 so the best picture of 1950 would be the movie all about eve so that will oh. be our first movie that one is uh pretty good it's got uh, a distinction of being one of the most nominated movies in history it had uh quite a few nominations i i'm doing this for memory so forgive me <laughs> but I, I believe it held the record for the longest time of one of the most nominated movies ever and um it's uh holds that record with titanic and la la land and uh yeah so really great movie um, some folks would even call it film noir. I'm not mm. sure if I like that for this, but uh, maybe you'll have to you'll have to watch it. And let me know your thoughts. But mm. starting <laughs> off old, I like it. Yeah, no, definitely. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that means you're gonna have to fire up your streaming services, catch a movie from 1951, and then get your gi ready for the All Valley because uh, we're gonna be doing that together with you. But I can't get away from this without saying how thankful we are for the people who listen and subscribe uh, and continue to interact with us. Uh, Please continue to do so. And we're really looking forward to a whole another year of looking at old films with new eyes. Take care. Happy holidays.